This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 6th of October. In your Squiz today, counting down to the voice vote, Victoria's in for a wet weekend, Australia's World Cup snub, and getting fancy with salad. This is your Squiz today. I can't believe it's only eight sleeps until we head to the polls to vote on the Indigenous voice to Parliament, Claire. Time flies. As we head into the final stretch, campaigners from both the yes and no camps have been out in force. But things have taken a very nasty turn with Senator Lydia Thorpe targeted by a neo-Nazi hate video. It shows an Indigenous flag being burned and Thorpe was singled out before a man gave a Nazi salute. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese yesterday said that it's quite horrific and a threat towards Senator Thorpe that has no place in discourse in Australian life. And for her part, Thorpe said that she wouldn't be intimidated, um, but she was highly critical of the Prime Minister and also the Federal Police for not doing more to protect her from such extreme racial abuse. Albanese didn't respond to that criticism directly and the AFP, which is investigating the video, said that it takes public officials' safety seriously. Claire, with less than a week until the vote, it's hard to get away from the criticism that this has been a really divisive campaign. Yeah, that's right. And look, I for one am very much looking forward to getting to the other side of the campaign and reading all of the analysis from the experts about exactly what did go down uh, and whether that impacted the vote. But certainly it seems with the early voting open, people are getting out and doing it. Uh, The Electoral Commission says that as of yesterday afternoon, almost one 1.2 million Australians had actually cast their votes and they say that there's 1.8 million Aussies who have applied for postal votes. So there is certainly engagement there already. There's still a lot of campaigning to do though, of course, as we head into the final week. Uh, Albanese yesterday said that he'll do whatever it takes to secure a yes vote and he also said that he'll head to Uluru next week as part of that campaign. Yeah, and the significance there is because that's where the Uluru Statement from the Heart first outlined the Indigenous leaders' calls for a voice to be established. The No campaigners are also out and about. Jacinta Numpanjimpa Price and Coalition Leader Peter Dutton have been in Perth and Adelaide this week and they predict the country will vote no. They say in record numbers. Victoria's Gippsland region has had a tough week weather-wise. After bushfires earlier in the week, predictions of damaging floods have been realised after the McAllister River broke its banks yesterday. Yeah, so just to give you a sense of where this is, if you know Victoria at all and know where Sale and Traralgon are, this is like if you drew a triangle sort of north of there. (laughs) Um, This is where waving your arms about, pretending like you had a map, (laughs) is really not helpful on a podcast. (laughs) But in that flood, more than 130 
homes have thought to have been inundated. They're still taking stock there. There's livestock as well that's had to be moved. One farmer said that water was moving so quickly there that hay bales were heading down the river like loaves of bread. And there's criticism in that local area about how authorities have managed the water catchment. Um, The question is whether the worst of this flooding could have been prevented if more water was released from the Glenmargie Weir because it was already full. And north of there, Claire, is Wangaratta. While we're giving out geographical markers, it's about an hour south of Albury, near where you're from. Yeah. The community was told to prepare and hunker down there last night. That region copped 150 millimetres of rain, putting the Ovens River over the top, so it's set to be a difficult weekend there. It's been just over a year since Iranian woman Masa Amini died in Iran. You might remember that she was allegedly beaten by the country's morality police for not wearing her hijab properly. And this week, human rights activists have accused the authorities there of a strikingly similar incident. Yeah, there's CCTV footage on this that's been doing the rounds. It shows a 16-year-old girl named Amita Jerevan. She was walking onto a train in Tehran without anything covering her hair. And then moments later, she's shown being carried unconscious from the train by passengers. And that's led to accusations that the morality police have beaten her into a coma for not wearing a hijab. And there's also an unverified image showing her in critical condition in hospital. And Claire, in a bit of adjacent news, the Nobel Peace Prize will be announced this evening. There's quite a bit of speculation that activists in Afghanistan and Iran will be honoured for their incredibly dangerous work in fighting against the Taliban and Iranian regime for women's rights. Just putting that on your radar. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam Copper Mine. It's happening now at BHP. I don't know about you, Claire, but I'm still in Matilda's mode. Their World Cup run this year really got me into watching soccer. (laughs) So I'm a bit bummed that Australia's shot at hosting a men's World Cup has been shut down. Well, Alice, it's not over till it's over. So (laughs) don't be too bummed out. Uh, And what you're referring to is what happened uh, with the Asian Confederation. It's part of the world soccer group that we belong to. It's come out in support of Saudi Arabia's bid for the 2030 for Men's World Cup and that means that an Aussie bid, which has been talked about quite a bit, is going to be really tough to actually get up. Uh, We've got about three weeks to get a bid in, but certainly the experts are saying it's looking unlikely Mm. if Saudi Arabia is firming up. Uh, Aussie soccer fans are outraged and there is a lot of criticism that we would lose out to a country like Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they say the world governing body FIFA rolled out the red carpet to a host with an appalling human rights record. But On a more positive note, Claire, the Matildas will play in a series of Olympics qualifiers in Perth at the end of this month. And while we're here, the Men's Australia Cup final is also on tomorrow night. That will see Sydney FC take on the Melbourne Roar in Sydney. 
It's almost the weekend, so this will be a non-issue for most people until Monday. But to get you on the front foot if you're scheduling your meetings next week, there's some new data out which reckons a quick 15-minute meeting is all you need. <laughs> Alice, I like how you've pretty much called out that at the Squiz we try to keep meetings on Friday <laughs> to a minimum. But normally people who are at work do quite a few meetings on Fridays. <laughs> so good luck to you if that's the case today. Um, if you're going to have a meeting, this data is very interesting. Microsoft Teams have put this out and they say that you should keep it short and sweet rather than drawing it out. That's not anything new. (laughs) What they're saying, though, is that 15-minute meetings are the fastest growing block of time that's being scheduled. They make up about 60% of our online gatherings and it's a trend that's been picked up by people uh, as they got back to the office after COVID, the experts say. Uh, That's because they want to lock in those sorts of efficiencies and reduce long call times. And the data shows that a third of participants actually switch off at the 15-minute mark (laughs) if you're in a meeting anyway, so keeping it short is a good thing to do. Yeah, they might be onto something there. They've given some tips to keep the meeting times down too. They say limiting the number of people, sending out some talking points ahead of time and stacking up a few meetings back to back are some ways to keep it on schedule. So now go forth and have some speedy catch-ups on your Friday. Yeah, even on Friday if you have to do that. (laughs) Friday lights, Claire. What have you got for us today? Yep, Friday lights. So look, I know this is going to be a bit distressing to people, but I've got another salad recommendation. (laughs) So I know this is very off-brand, but uh, this is a delicious roasted pumpkin. You roast it with some maple syrup, not a lot, Mm. but just enough to sweeten it up a little bit, um, with some chelly and also you put feta on it and that is just a winning combination. So go ahead, have it on its own or have it with some meat on the barbie or whatever it is that you like to put with your salads it's a really good thing. I love any excuse to whip out my Canadian maple syrup bottle, Claire. Good one. I'll pop the link to that in the episode notes today. And that's just about it for us. But before we go... Tell us about what you and Kate will be rounding up on the Saturday Squiz tomorrow. It's been a bit of an odd news week, maybe because it's been a short week for us with the public holiday Mm. that we had. But just looking at the rundown, it covers bedbugs in Paris. (laughs) We've got weather and bushfires. We've got the things that have been happening in the US, like uh, Speaker McCarthy being chucked out. In the UK, there's a cigarettes ban. There's all sorts of things happening in sport again. And, of course, we've got a referendum coming up. So we're getting across quite a few things. Yeah, something for everyone. Have a great Friday and weekend, and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.